Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about talk now. About now to talk about. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not going to shout now. Hey, so before um, I start the episode, I wanted to tell you that Spotify, there's some fuckery about with Spotify that you guys might want to know about. They took down a bunch of comedians' albums, including mine, and basically they're being jerks, and so here's the deal. The, what I am, the reason I'm telling you this story is to encourage you to buy my album, Just Keep Living, buy it straight from my record label, A Special Thing Records. And I know that that album is just a audio of my Netflix special, but there is bonus material. There's 20 minutes of bonus material on the album that you won't hear or see on Netflix. So I will put the link in the show notes and you can purchase it there. But in case you're interested in what's going on and do not email me, you should start a union. We, we, that's not a thing for comedians. Um, we have what is as good as a union. There is a company called Spoken Giants, and they have re- they're also part of an, another record label called 800 Pound Gorilla. But they've all, they've figured out that um, comedians get uh, residuals for spins on certain streaming podcast networks. It's not a lot of money, so. Basically, you know, my comedy albums can be played on a million different streaming platforms and there's a company that kind of aggregates it all. And then once a month, I get a little bit of residuals for my comedy being played. And I mean, it's not much. It could be anywhere from 300 to $700 a month. But hey, free money, right? But what has been happening is we get paid for every single time one of our like you could call it songs, but one of our bits is played. But we don't get songwriting credit. So in other words, there's a contract that musicians now have with, let's just say Spotify, because this is about them, where the musician gets played per spin every time one of their songs is spun. And then they also get paid for the songwriting credit. So because comedy is kind of under the same contract as music, Spotify puts aside songwriting credit money for comedians. They just don't pay it to us because we they know that we didn't think to look at it that way. Well, this company, Spoken Giants, has thought to look at it that way. And they have approached a bunch of comedians and said, we'll represent you in this fight. Sign up with us and we'll go get that residual money. That is what like a union would do. And when Spotify was approached by them, they were like, fuck all these comedians. And they took us down off their platform, thus killing all of our potential even spin residuals, which is very tough in the month of December and January. You always want to rely on that extra money. So if you want to help, what you can do is just buy my album, Just Keep Living, which is $9.99. And half of that goes to me and half of that goes to my record label. And it's direct, like goes right to us. I'll get that money in the next quarter. So you really are like buying straight from the horse's mouth. It's always been that way, but it's just more people would rather just listen to it for free to them on Spotify, a service they already pay for. But And just so you know, 
if you want to follow along with this, that's what's been going on. A bunch of comedians have been speaking about it publicly. I can link to some of the articles in the show notes and you can read all about it. But I just wanted to let you know if you're interested and you care, that's what you could do for me for Christmas. Just buy Just Keep Living. I'll link to it in the show notes. Thanks again. Enjoy the episode. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast episode 415 coming at you about a week before Christmas. This is my last episode of 2021 before my personal hiatus. When I go down from three jobs a week to one. Uh, I have two days off this year, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And then before and after that, we'll still be working on the Anxiety Bites podcast, getting that all set up so that I can go back to my writing job the first week of January without having to worry about the Anxiety Bites work. And then this podcast, as you know, goes Patreon only in the new year. If you didn't hear that a few episodes ago in the shorter announcement episodes, I explained the whole thing. And uh, that will begin the second week of January. I will be doing... So what's going to happen is this, uh, you'll get the first 20 minutes of every episode for free. So you can still stay subscribed right here. It will come out every other week. And then with the Patreon, there are new episodes every week, the little bonus ones. And I do a ton of personal videos because it frees me up to actually have more time for bonuses. But I just cannot afford to do an unpaid podcast anymore. Unfortunately, I wish, hey, I wish I had one job that kept me going all year, but I have three that that all uh, equal almost enough to make ends meet. Um, gonna have to add a fourth at some point this year. Hopefully, I can sell another Christmas movie kind of thing or something like that. I have to write. Um, but yeah, all I want for Christmas is for everyone to join my Patreon. It's been really, really. Um, it's hard to get the word out, you know. Um, but I've given it a good almost two years of doing this podcast for free while doing extra stuff on Patreon for it. And, uh, you know, every episode every week, 52 episodes a year, over 100 episodes, you've heard me talk about the Patreon. If you haven't joined by now, then, you know, even if you can afford to, but you're just like, I don't want to, well, then I can't convince you. But um, I hope you will all come if you can afford it. Uh $3 a month gets you the two normal episodes that I do every month, plus extra bonuses that I might throw in from my personal life. And $5 and more gets you those two bonuses, random personal videos, and extra paid bonus episodes. And, you know, people are, I mean, people that joined have already gotten to hear clips from my album recording, super raw audio of that, and, and just at least two to three personal video bonuses a week. And so I hope you will come on board. I know a lot of people who are fans of mine go, I want you to do another Netflix special. People just keep shouting that into the wind and, and it recycles. And it re I wish you could tour. I wish you could do Netflix. I, I can't do either. This is what I do. So if you're a fan, come on board. Don't sit and wish for things that are not happening. <laughs> that clearly it's been years they're not happening. There is no tour. There is no new Netflix. Unfortunately, uh. Listen, I want corporate America to pay my bills. They are not. So I go the fan model and I just hope there's enough people to make it worthwhile. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. It's a scary time for me. So I'm hoping everybody joins up. Uh, the link is in the show notes. So besides that, what, I am on hold right now with CVS Pharmacy. I've been on hold for 45 minutes. And there was part of me that went, what, just what if you need to start again? Like, just what if you're so on hold? Like, no one's even answered yet to say, CBS, please hold. I'm just, and I know the pharmacy's open. I'm just straight into the voicemail. I mean, not the voicemail, but straight into the automated voice system, press seven for the pharmacy, and now I'm on hold. I'm trying to transfer. So I've got like my meds that I pick up at this pharmacy that's like, a half hour walk each way from where I live. I thought today, Sunday, as I'm recording this, oh, I'll have time to do it. Today has been a fucking disaster from hell. Just everything bad that 
that schedule fucks you up could happen. I had to make a quick call to my credit card company. That was 90 minutes of like something with the flight that I had to change. It was unreal. I go to the subway because I have to run an errand in Manhattan. Subway next to my place, not running. So I walk six blocks to the next location. I'm standing on the platform. It says the 2-3 train is running, but you have to stand on the middle of the platform and there are all these yellow caution tape signs. And then there was this little block of area where it looked like you could stand, that like if the train comes, you can walk right on it. And I'm standing in front of three cops and there's other people on the platform. And we're all standing there waiting for a train. And I don't know why there are three cops there. Not in a, oh, something just went down way, but it looks like that's just their beat. They're just standing there. Literally 15 minutes go by and I'm like, where's the fucking train? And I turn around and they go, oh, there's no train coming right here. And I go, they're like, oh yeah, we're here to tell people that. Three of you are here to tell people that. And there's a a bunch of us standing around and you didn't say anything. Do you think I was just staring at the tracks because I love looking at rats? Did you think I was contemplating jumping? Like, <laughs> I go, oh, and they go, yeah, it comes on the middle platform and they pointed to this. They go, it's on the other side, but it's something you wouldn't have known. Because it's running on another track that isn't the track of the number train I need to go. Oh, Jesus. We're all kind of like, you fucking cops. <laughs> why don't you fucking tell? This is white people's problem with the cops. Why don't you fucking tell me where to go? At that point, I would have been 45 minutes late for an appointment. I was just like, forget it. And I came back home. Everything is fucking me up today. Oh, I can't stand days like this. But I'm healthy and I'm blessed. Am I too blessed to be stressed? I should be, but I'm not. I'm also stressed. I'm blessed and stressed. Some days, that's just what it looks like. Some days are too blessed to be stressed. Some days are, I know I'm blessed, still feeling stressed. How's that for merchandise? Blessed and stressed? Blessed but stressed. But it's not a permanent state. Just I'm going to allow myself to feel stressed until I fucking can't take it anymore. Until I am bored by it. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode. What are we going to talk about? On the Patreon, the bonus episodes for December, I am talking about Nancy Reagan versus Madonna. There's a whole scandal going on about that. And then uh, on another bonus episode, I'm talking about Alec Baldwin's crazy interview to George Stephanopoulos, Chris Cuomo's firing, and... a prime minister of, oh, I forget the country, but she was partying and it was a whole thing. So anyway, if you go to the link in the show notes, any of those are available as bonuses, depending on what level you sign up for. So here we go with this week's episode right now. I don't know if you can hear the CVS hold music in the background. I hope you can't, but I have to have it up loud enough for me to hear it (laughs) in case somebody answers. Uh, I really hope you can't hear it. I think that would be really unprofesh.com. Anyway, how's everybody doing? You're getting om- Omicron. Here's, all right, does anyone else have this horrible trait where it's not everybody, but sometimes when people tell me they got COVID even though they were vaccinated, I think, well, you probably went out before the first shot. Like you probably got the first shot and you didn't wait long enough and you got it. Oh, everyone in my family got it. Oh, we don't even live together. It's just, I know like everyone I know got it. And they're not saying the vaccines don't work, but they're like, I mean, everyone's going to get it anyway, whether you're vaccinated or not. I'm like, no, that's not true. That's just not true. You can still avoid most situations if you need to. You can wear a mask. You can get boosted. You know, I just have a feeling the people I've talked to, they're like, oh my God, I tell you I got COVID. And they're always younger. I always, I just have a feeling those people were not triple boosted, masking up and avoiding most situations. The hold music stopped. Hello? Oh, it just started up again. Oh, God. So I went, so 
yeah, it was like, I don't know what I'm saying. What am I saying? I am a little worried. I don't know if I'm worried I'm going to get Omicron because I feel like it doesn't, I know it's 50,000 times more contagious, but it seems so far, like if you're boosted, it's, it's not so much of a big chance, but I am reading it's the variant of the vaccinated, meaning, you know, every, or the pandemic of the vaccinated. This article I read was talking about how, oh, even if you're vaccinated, you could totally get Omicron, blah, blah, blah. You know, so if you go to one of those restaurants where they check your vaccine ID and there's 40 of you in the restaurant, you, you could totally get it. But I'm like, but then the article goes to further say, well, if you're boosted, not really. But if everyone in the situation is boosted, uh, and, you know, maybe not really. I know Dr. Fauci did recommend people do tests before they go home for the holidays. So I think I will test and bring some rapid tests home to my family so we can all test ourselves. I know rapid tests aren't as accurate as the PCR, but there's no lab I'm sending it to. Just going to make sure we're all triple vaxxed, boosted. See, because now I'm hearing that Fauci's saying, when we say you're fully vaccinated, we mean boosted. So anyway, I go. the reason I'm bringing that up is because I want to know if anyone else has this kind of prejudice. Although I guess you can answer me, but I'll be on hiatus for a few weeks. But I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it's prejudice. It's a thing that pops in my head. Now I didn't go, my uncle would never left the house and he got it. I get it. I'm not talking about people you know, immune compromised. They've been super careful and something terrible just happened. That's obviously not what I'm talking about. But I feel like whenever I've talked to someone who got it after they were vaccinated, and again, it's never anyone I know personally. It's the woman doing my hair. It's someone at a whatever clothing store. There's always a level of like, oh, whatever. like just this kind of younger, I don't think anything can happen to me. And I just go, I don't. So I was getting my hair done at this new place yesterday. New to me. It's not new. But, you know, I'm not, I haven't been in LA in a few months and I needed to get my roots touched up. And so I found a place I wanted to go to in Brooklyn. So I went, it was great, by the way. And uh, the young woman doing my hair, we were talking about uh, that stupid thing, SantaCon. Have you heard of this? It's a, a bunch of drunk idiots get dressed up like Santa and they go on basically a pub crawl all over Manhattan. It's totally not anything that like real New Yorkers do. I don't know who these people are. That Everyone hates it. Everyone stays out of the city that night or if they live in the city, they stay inside. If you live in Brooklyn, you're not traipsing into Manhattan that night. Just like let these drunk fools take over the bars and I was saying to her, I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it's happening, but you know, you can't get into bars unless you're fully vaccinated. They check ID. And I said, I feel like these are the type of people that wouldn't get vaccinated though, or that would get fake vaccines cards. And she's like, I don't know about that. She's like, but I do know that like everyone I know got it, even though they're vaccinated. And I just went, hmm. I'm suspicious of that story. I said, really? Everyone you know? Oh, like all my friends. Huh. Recently? No, like last year. And I'm thinking, you weren't fully vaccinated. I guarantee it. But I didn't push further because I didn't really want to hear. She's like, hey, I'm still not boosted yet. My last vaccine was April. I'm like, okay, I can't take you seriously. She was great though, but she's like, I'm going to a... Christmas party tonight and there's it's a 90s theme it's a birthday Christmas party the 90s theme and it's just so funny because whenever people say 90s I'm like well there's like 95 different ways to dress in the 90s depending on what group you're in you know are we talking grunge are we talking little velvet mini dresses with butterfly clips in the hair are we talking you know Drew Barrymore 90s are we talking more hip-hop 90s are we talking what are we talking early 90s that was still a little bit 80s. But you know, when you haven't lived a generation, you just look back on it and go 70s. And everyone's like, I'm going to wear bell bottoms and also three things that you wouldn't wear all at once in the 70s. One of them was the style in 73. The other was the style in 78. Put it all together. And it was just so funny that 
I don't know, it was weird to have someone say they're going to a nostalgia 90s theme party when she wasn't alive in the 90s. She was 25. How, so what, how old is it? When is she born? 90, 2000, 2010. 2000, yeah, so no, she was born in 2000, 2010, 2020. She was born like in the 90s. So she's like, yeah, I might just go to Urban Outfitters and get like a black velvet mini dress. And I go, oh, I go, I go, I was your age in the 90s. I used to dress like that. I go crushed velvet. She goes, what's crushed velvet? Like a type of velvet? It's not like it's, you know, it's like it just looks less smooth. It has like a wrinkly look. I'm like, she's like, oh, I'm like, I've been doing the 90s correctly. It's got to be crushed velvet. She's like, I'm going to get black tights and, you know, a little cropped cardigan sweater. That's where I wanted to be like, Meh. We didn't really do cropped cardigan sweaters. I mean, kind of, but not really. We weren't a big cropping generation. What you really want is like a big choker around your neck, you know, just like one of those velvet, like just like literally a piece of cloth around your neck as a choker. Put little like clips in your hair. What else? Listen. You want to consult the person that was there in the 90s? Do it. You don't? Fine. Make up your own shit about what my decade was. Go ahead. Say it to my face like I didn't exist. But then she wanted to talk about the Sex and the City reboot, which I did too. I know it's called In Just Like That. I just can't get into it. Can't get into calling it by its name. Hang on. The whole music has stopped. I've been on hold now 24 minutes on this call, 45 on the other. Oh, it started up again. Okay. So, I mean, are the phones down? Because this is just crazy. All the CVSs, no one's, usually it's a CVS pharmacy, please hold. The point is I cannot get up and go anywhere right now. Anyway, so weirdly, the guy on the CVS voice is my sister's friend, Tom. He's a voiceover guy from Boston. So I don't know how much he makes for being the CVS voice. If you want a COVID-19, you must have been psyched when COVID came out. Oh, I have a new thing to say on the voicemail. If you need a COVID-19 vaccine, for more information about COVID, press one. That's a real human. They've made him sound like a robot, or maybe he can do that to his voice. I don't know how it works. Anyway, woman doing my hair wanted to talk about the Sex and the City reboot, and we did. We liked and disliked the same things. And she said, I don't know, it just seems like the writers are like old, you know? And I'm like, mm, I don't actually, because she thinks 40s is old. There's no 60-year-old writers writing. I said, I actually don't th- even think it's true. I think the writers are younger. I think it's a mix, but um, she's like, because, you know, they had to, there was a lot of that, oh my God, it's 2021 and non-binary and let's talk about racism, you know, all that kind of jammed into the first episode, which is fine, like great, but it's just done a little clunky and I feel like every TV show now has to shoehorn that stuff in in a clunky way instead of just being natural, but the way it is in real life, I don't know. But it was fine. But I don't think that's because writers are older. I think it's because these are unnatural uh, conversations. Like, every, because like Miranda will do something to a black woman thinking she's defending her. Don't make her show her ID. She's a professor here. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. And it turns out it really wasn't a race thing. The guy was just being a dick. He doesn't know who the fuck works there. Everyone has to show their ID. But Miranda accidentally escalated a situation trying to help. Oh my God, the phone just hung up on me. I bet someone went to pick up the call and they hit something. Motherfuck. All right, well, anyway. At least you don't have to have the CVS hold music in the background. I'll deal with this. (laughs) Anyways, you know, Miranda does that and then the black woman goes... You don't have to be a white savior. But then she has to do all the emotional labor of explaining to Miranda. I'm like, in real life, 
you wouldn't just have one black person on the show with all these, you know, Miranda being white. You would have Miranda do her white person thing. The black woman would just be like, mm-hmm, and just sort of not address it and then talk to her black friends that are like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's white. Well, you know, that kind of thing. And then Miranda would say, I helped someone today. Maybe her white friends would be like, no, Miranda, you're being, no, that's like, you don't know about this. Like you don't escalate. And she's like, oh, fuck. Or maybe she's reading by herself later and realizes it. Like that's a more natural way to do it. But it's television writing. So it's going to come off a little corny and you only have a few seconds to do it. And you're going to have to make characters have conversations that people probably wouldn't in real life. And you're not going to address the second part, which is even though the black woman explained to Miranda, hey, what you're doing is actually not helpful. The fact that she had to explain it is emotional labor. And we didn't even get into that. She didn't even go. And by the way, me explaining it is doing the emotional labor for you. And this is all very fucking annoying and blah, blah, blah. So it's not that the writers are older. It's that whomever wanted to put all these issues in there, you got to get it done and you got to do it quick. But then I think the woman doing my hair realized she may have insulted me. And she's like, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's the young, it's the teenagers that are cancel culture now. I mean, I, I feel old compared to them. Like, don't act like 25 is old. I said, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Michael Patrick King's always been kind of a corny writer. The second Sex and the City movie was pretty badly written, in my opinion. Um, but it's not an age thing. It's really just not. Anyway. Oh, the, guys, I experienced so much weird little ageism from younger people. It's It's so clumsy and... It's hard though, because you can't really get, I can't, I have been unsuccessful in getting younger people to listen when we're in conversations like that. Right. I was getting this facial at this place. Like, you know, I just go in once a month and I just, it's the same conversation every time you get someone in their twenties going, what are your skin concerns? And it's one of those places where it's not super fancy. We are alone in a room with someone for an hour. It's, it's lined up. Like you're only separated by like a see-through curtain and it's 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 because it's not as expensive and you it's called like a facial bar you know you just go in you get your services it's great you don't need to pay all that money to do the fancier ones it's all the same stuff it's just you're not like in a private room who cares it's not like I'm naked and uh but they try to be I don't know I don't know if they want to upsell you products on the way out but you know which I'm do not let myself have that done. I have my own stuff. I have my own routines. I just like to get that nice facial once a month, get the extractions. But but you're met with someone 20 years younger than you who's like, what are your skin concerns? And I go, oh, I don't come here for like actual skin concerns. It's just my little beauty treatment once a month. I like to lay down. I like to have this done. I have my own dermatologist and I have my own skincare routine. Okay. Well, you do have beautiful skin. Thanks. And I go, and they'll go, but you might want to, I go, listen to me. I'm 47. I'm in entertainment and I'm, I'm actually kind of vain. So I promise you I'm doing everything and I'm up on all the latest. I just don't do like fillers and I don't do, you know, plastic surgery or anything, but I'm up on everything that, that works for me. Oh my God, you're 47. I thought you were 30 max. Nope. Oh my God. Good for you. What is it good for me that I don't, that I look 17 years younger than my age? I want to look good. I'm not trying to look young. And again, I never even, whenever I do all my weird skincare stuff, I don't think of it as now I'm looking younger. I think, my God, my skin looks glowing and healthy and hydrated. And, you know, I just like what I look back at in the mirror. I said, yeah, you know, it's really not totally a compliment to tell someone that. And she's like, oh, I think it is. And it's like, you know, and this woman was um, not white. I'm not, I don't actually know what her race was, but she had darker skin. Um, truly don't know. But she was not white. And I would be like if I said to her, I don't even know what race you are, which is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not a compliment just because you say, I mean, I don't think that's a compliment. It would be so weird to say, but age is just not treated the same. You go, well, Jen, police aren't pulling people over because they're 90 and beating them. I get it. I'm not saying in the... uh who is suffering more. It's not a competition. It's just like, if I say, 
If I use race as an example of, wow, that would sound really strange. It doesn't mean I think everything ageism lines up with everything racism. It's not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if someone's asking you to treat their ism with respect and it's not something outrageous, like, you know, ageism is a problem in society. I don't give a shit what level of a problem it's at or what you think it is. It is not feminist nor appropriate to tell someone what a compliment is. So if you say to someone you look 30 and they say, oh, well, it actually makes me feel bad when people tell me that that's a good thing because it means my age isn't acceptable. And people go, no, no. And I go, no, I know that's not what you meant, but now you've learned. Like the compliment is up to the person being complimented to receive. So, and then she just kept talking about age, the whole facial. I mean, it's like literally like the equivalent of if you do it with about race, like, oh, I there's a black person that is uh, doing my manicure. Like, I'm going to tell her every black person I've ever met and all my favorite songs by Motown artists. You know, she just kept being like, I think a lot of older women out there are like the most stylish. And it's like, I'm glad you think all this, but I'm, I really don't sit around talking about older women. I, I talk about this stuff when I experience ageism, which is once a day <laughs> from younger people. And, uh, and she's like, I love that you're owning your gray hair and you just have that cool stripe down. I'm like, I'm not, okay, that I'm not owning. But that's not an age thing. I don't like the way it looks on me. I don't have enough gray hair to go gray. And I don't like, when I was blonde and I had dark roots coming out, I hated that. I hate the look of roots that don't match the rest of your head. So, and I like to have very purposeful, weird, like dark and light hair, like these blonde streaks. I'm not, I'll tell everyone, I have gray hair, just don't like the way it looks. When it goes all white, I'll probably go all white in that like silver fox kind of way, but um, I, it just, all the hair has to change color first. And uh, so I was like, oh, I just haven't got my roots done. She's like, I think you should just own it. I'm like, I think you should just shut the fuck up because it's not, not everything is I'm covering it, covering it up because I'm embarrassed about my age or I'm owning it to make a statement. Sometimes there's just middle ground where it's like, yeah, I don't care that I'm gray. I've had gray hair since I was in my twenties. I just like to cover it up because it's not what the look I want. It's, you know what I mean? Not everything is like a statement or, oh no, I can't stand the reality. Oh, it's just so annoying. And again. I just, I can't wait for everyone who's in their 20s now to be in their 40s. Please, can we get together then and you tell me how fucking wrong you were. Just, I cannot wait. It's going to happen because the Gen Z already hate the millennials and the millennials told me that the younger generation would love them. I'm like, they fucking won't. I I'm telling you, gotta listen to Aunt Jen, guys. Anyway, <sighs> what was I going to talk about today? Oh, the Omicron variant. Oh my God, all of that. It's rapidly spreading. So here in New York, we have now an indoor mask mandate, which we did before, so I'm kind of confused, but okay. I mean, where I work in the writer's room, we get tested every other day at work. And then the writer's room, there's six of us and we don't wear masks. But then if we leave the room and go down the hall and go to the bathroom, we wear the mask. So we wear the mask in the building the whole time, just not in our individual offices and not in the writer's room. But if I go into the kitchen, down the hall, mask on. So and you have to be vaccinated you know, and all that stuff. So I don't know. It's, uh, I'm worried about Omicron, but I'm also like, wouldn't it have blown up? Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening, but there's not a great degree of severity, but we've got to be careful because of the unvaccinated folks that can grow a new variant in their little immune systems that they think are so I, I guys, I literally feel a physical exhaustion come over me when I start thinking about the anti-vax people. I, I, I just felt it in my back just then. It felt like someone just placed a backpack on me. I was like, oh, it's exhausting. But <laughs> there is still part of me that thinks, what if by the time I'm about to fly home, to my sister's home for Christmas 
this really blows up and we stay in, we stay in again. It, you know, it just doesn't feel like Christmas this year. I really can't explain it. I think as my apartment is so tiny, it would almost be weird to have a huge tree or even a middle tree. I guess I could have a tree, which is, I don't know. It just, something doesn't feel holidays to me, but again, not in a sad way. Like doesn't feel like the holidays and I want it to. It just, there's been years like that where I'm just like, I just don't feel like it. I hope, I hope it feels more like it next year. Oh, by the way, oh my God, my Hallmark movie, you guys. My Hallmark movie, Tis the Season to be Merry, airs Sunday, December 19th at 8 p.m. on the Hallmark channel. I keep getting tweets and DMs and what, when's your Lifetime movie on? It's not Lifetime, it's Hallmark channel. Hallmark channel, Hallmark channel, Hallmark channel. Sunday, December 19th at 8 p.m. There is already a trailer for the movie. This is what makes me so excited. I saw the trailer the other day and I went, oh my God, it's a real movie. I thought, God, it looks so good. It looks, I swear to God, it looks better quality than most Hallmark movies. And I had nothing to do. I wasn't on set. I didn't write the final draft. I wrote the first two drafts. I came up with the concept and then somebody did a polish. They changed it a lot, but there were three big major scenes that are mine. And the actress from the movie Rachel Lee Cook sent me a direct message on Twitter and she said, I'm such a big fan of yours. And when they sent me the script and I saw your name on it, I only even just read the first 20 pages. And I said, yes, I want to do it. I, and I thought that was so cool. I had no idea. So I think that all kind of came together like a Christmas miracle. And I wrote to her and said, you know, give me all the inside info. And basically she just said that the director's two favorite scenes were this one scene where she uh, passes out in like this guest bed and then like, the Hawkeye lays on the bed, doesn't see you there. And it's like, woo, crazy mix up. And then there's a Christmas tree auction, which is a thing I invented. I know I keep saying that. So I see the trailer and it's a bunch of different moments and you can't really tell what the movie's about. And you're like, oh, but that looks good. But then there's a longer trailer. It's not even a trailer. It's just a scene from the movie. And what I love about it is it's exactly as I wrote it. And you know, it's, there's actually not a lot of dialogue in the scene. It's just like, I want to go upstairs. Is there a guest room? I'm going to go lay down, blah, blah, blah. And then, but I wrote, the guy comes out of the bathroom. He's just washed his face and he doesn't look and he lays down on the bed and he lays down right on top of her. And they're like, woo. And it's a guy she's known her whole life, but he looks so different because it's been years and he's not a dork anymore. And they added him shirtless, which is not a thing I would think to write for Hallmark because they don't usually do the shirtless thing. That's more of a lifetime thing. Uh, I think Lifetime can get a little sexier. Hallmark's a little more chaste, but even though, so that's one reason I didn't specifically write shirtless, but the other reason is I, as a woman, don't think of that. I'm not one of these women that's looking at men going, look at that body, like just so weird to me. So they made him shirtless and it's such a cool scene. And I, I mean, all right, I need to calm down. So that's such a cool scene, but it's, it looks cool. Cause I'm like, oh my God, there's my dumb little thing that I thought of. And I love that that's what the trailer is made from. So haha, guy who rewrote some of my movie, look what they led with in the trailer. This <laughs> so is not a competition. But I'm going to link to the trailer in the show notes and uh, or both. There's the trailer and then there's the longer scene. But yes, that's when you can watch it. And the hour-long bonus episode for the $10 level and up on Patreon this month is me talking about the movie after I watch it and letting you guys in on all the secret details of what I, what they did differently than what I imagined. And if I liked it or if I didn't, that will all be on my Patreon that will come out the week of Christmas. So ask for Patreon for Christmas, everybody. So I don't know, Omicron, what's going on? The whole point was, I just wanted to say my deep, dark secret is that I have this terrible thing when someone says they had COVID, I get a little judgy. And I don't always, it's not I don't judge people who got it even after being vaccinated. I I learn from it and mask up and and don't act like this pandemic's over. I that's that's how I feel. But you know when you can tell, oh my god, I did everything I could. It's just that the vaccine is, you know, it's there to make sure we don't die from it, but you can still get it sometimes, you know, depending there's that. And then there's, oh, you're an idiot. I don't even think you were fully vaxxed. You don't know what you're doing. 
Guys, New Zealand bans smoking. Wow, this is the end of a fucking era. Bans smoking. I mean, I guess it's good for everyone's health, but I find it odd as the world ends, as we're winding it down, as we don't know how long a teenager is going to get to live. Let's be honest with all this climate change. Let them smoke. I did that joke in my Netflix special, the first one, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine from 2014, where I said, when scientists sound the alarm about climate change and how things are happening soon, I said, how, you need to put it to me this way. When can I start smoking again? Which ironically, I wouldn't because I have asthma. But okay, this is from the dailymail.co.uk. New Zealand bans smoking. Radical new laws will stop young people from ever buying cigarettes as a nation goes smoke-free. Holy shit. Anyone aged under 14 will be banned from ever buying cigarettes in their life. It's just so funny because growing up in Massachusetts in the 70s, it was like your mom would give you money and you'd go to the store and buy her cigarettes as you were like eight years old. I mean, I didn't really do that, but I had friends who did that. It's like, oh, do you want to take a walk? Yeah, I'm going to go to the store and buy my mom cigarettes. (laughs) I don't know if that was bad or good, but you know what? My friend who used to go buy her mom's cigarettes never ended up being a smoker. She's got three kids, a successful marriage, a great job, owns a home. I'm just saying, like, who knows what's going to fuck you up and what isn't? And there's just something so funny about the fact that I lived in a time when children would go buy cigarettes. (laughs) Oh, it's just, it makes me laugh. The age limit will be increased each year until it's illegal throughout New Zealand. The target is to wipe out smoking entirely by 2025 as part of a 15-year program. Wow. This New Zealand, they are getting shit done. They got rid of COVID first. It's a female prime minister. I mean, ladies get shit done. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this. I know. I, I think it's great. I don't smoke. If people, if there isn't smoking, it's not even tempting. No one needs to smoke. It's kind of gross. Kind of, I say. It's totally gross, but... That's just so weird. It's just so weird to see this happen in my lifetime. New Zealand, yeah, okay. So we want to make sure young people never start smoking. So we'll make it an offense to sell or supply smoked tobacco products to new cohorts of youth. The move comes as a new poll reveals that Australians, most of them, want a total ban on all cigarette sales and shops. We are also reducing the appeal addictiveness and availability of smoked tobacco products. Well, how do you reduce the addictiveness? Because if you can do that, can you bring back smoking? That's a, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get elected to prime minister. And I'm like, we have found a way to make cigarettes good for you and non-addictive. We're bringing back smoking because that's great when you're anxious. And it, let's admit everyone, it looks cool. The nation's like, ah, ah. Just 500 nationwide will be issued with a license similar to a bottle shop's license to sell alcohol. I don't know what that means. The nicotine strength in cigarettes is being reduced in a bid to tackle their addictiveness. Cigarette prices have gone up 10% every year, but that alone was not stopping smokers. New laws will mean only smoked tobacco products containing very low levels of nicotine can be sold with a significant reduction in the number of shops who can sell them. Wow. Wowza bedowza. And you know, it's not like New Zealand, you just drive over the border like America to Canada. I mean, you're stuck out there. No cigs. Wow. You need to, if you move to New Zealand now with some quit smoking book or device or thing that, you know, hasn't really been done yet, you're, you're going to cash in or start, you know, Paid non-smoking support groups. Paid, though. Paid. I think you could clean up. We don't want to criminalize people, they say. We don't want people with addiction having difficulty quitting and finding an illicit supply. So we need to start doing research now and consulting on acceptable alternative options. 
They tried to do this in Tasmania, but the plan never really became a law. Wow. Let's see what the uh, comments are. Can I read the comments from the Daily Mail? Oh, there's 3,000 comments. I think it's a great idea. No tobacco in New Zealand. Soon the kids will be smoking meth and crack instead. Mm. Cigarettes is not the only problem people have to face. This is someone else. Did you know Irish dairy cows are grass-fed? But what the Irish farmers don't tell you is that the grass is forced by the use of heavy fertilizers banned in the UK, remain in the milk and can cause bowel cancer. Everything is spelled wrong in that sentence. Grammatically, I know. The runoff from the land pollutes the water courses and encourages the growth of harmful algae that kills fish. Ireland's beef producers have placed Ireland as the EU's third greatest greenhouse gas contributor, which contributes significantly to global warming. I mean, I'm sure all that's true. It's just like, again, it's not what this article is about. Sounds like the days of prohibition in the United States, and we all know where that led. Will they never learn? Somebody said, yes. I mean, gun crimes dropped almost to zero. Yeah, because there were just like no more guns in New Zealand either. But it was replaced quickly by knife crime, which exceeded gun crime. That's fine. It's, it's better to fine. And then someone wrote, good luck with that nutcase. <laughs> I knew it. COVID mandates were just the prelude to complete government control over everything. Communism, clear as day, no choice and no vote. The world is asleep since COVID started. This for the this for the win. I can predict Christmas is canceled forever very soon. Well, as you can see, a lot of intelligent discourse going on around this. Oh God, comments are amazing. <laughs> Unless when they're directed at me by people who hate what I do. Oh, I just. Well, I hit my microphone very gently and everything stopped working and I don't know what happened. And it's been a half an hour since you heard me go, whoops. And uh, I think Mercury is in retrograde or something's going on. I don't even know what. I've just had a day from fucking hell. And I also fell in the middle of the road. I forgot to mention that when I was talking about the subway and missing my appointment. Or did I even tell the story of how I... Oh, I did tell the story. And then when I tried to cancel my appointment, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not coming in. It's like, oh, normally we need a 12-hour thing because that helps us. I'm like, yeah, normally I need 12 hours notice too. I didn't fucking know this was going to happen. Oh, I don't know what's going on today, guys, but it's not... I'm blessed and stressed. That's right. Well, let's get back to the beginning. Oh, my Lord. This is my horoscope from this week. And I'm like, really? Virgo and Virgo rising. I am both. After the recent light show and blackouts in your career sector, this full moon arrives with sweet relief. Finally, you can sink into the abundance. What? without worrying about where you stored the emergency tea lights. Let Luna's luminescence flood your professional world and celebrate how far you've come. Y'all, I don't feel that at all. I mean, I have a great writing job that you're like, I'd count out that job. You would, but it's 20 weeks a year, not 52. I got to make a living. And I have, an, I have a high cost of living because I like have to employ people for the podcast and apartments and blah, blah, blah. The anxiety podcast isn't taking off like I thought. People just don't seem to give a shit. People won't join the Patreon. I mean, I'm in a mood. And I get this telling me the full moon and abundance. I, I don't know. Maybe I got to get into some. Whew. I do some spiritual shit up in here. Anyway, no more smoking. Let's do some listener emails. I know you can hear the CBS thing in the background, guys. I'm so sorry. But if I don't get my Neds. They run out in a couple of days. All right. Um, what is this no fun ep prep listener emails? Jen, my Patreon subscriber, $10 level. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of the bonus stuff, but I love the podcast and want to support it. Well, thank you. I also really love Anxiety Bites. Well, thank you. The guests have been fantastic, and your personal stories are so relatable. 
Honestly, there's something in every episode of both of your podcasts that genuinely speaks to me. I'm a couple of years older than you and have been divorced about as long, I think. And I feel as though we'd be friends in real life. We probably wouldn't because you're a straight man. But I'm assuming every one of your listeners feels the same way, which is why we all listen. This is true. Anyway, something you said in your answer to Nikki in Toronto really resonated with me. My ears perked up with Toronto because I live there too. But when talking to her about whether she was going to give up on finding the love of her life, if she moved, you said, quote, maybe there's something about the energy of trusting that will eventually bring someone to you or something to you. I've heard for a long time about the idea that people attract the people they're trying to attract. No, I don't. But there's a whole thing about that. Or who will react to the signals they're putting out? And I'd like to know what you think about that. I haven't had a long-term relationship post-divorce. And I feel like on the dating apps, the women I'm interested in aren't interested in me and vice versa. For some reason, I seem to get a lot of attention from women who are 12 to 15 years older than I am. <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it goes, men and women. And I'm just not at that stage of life. And no, I'm not looking for a woman 12 to 15 years younger than I am. I'm not asking for dating advice. Just wondering what you think of the whole law of attraction thing. And maybe that'll help me figure out what sort of signals I might be putting out unconsciously and how if I can change that. Thanks. And keep up the fantastic work. Feel free to use my name. There are millions of other Michaels out there. Michael in Toronto. No, I, I know the law of attraction. I know there's a bullshit part of it and it's like a scam and they did the movie The Secret and all that. And then I know there's real, you know, the universe is magnetic. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like it's too sophisticated a concept for any of us to really drill down on. But what I hate about the law of attraction kind of talk is when people like like yourself just asked, you know, what kind of signals might I unconsciously be putting out? See, we can't control any of that shit. I would say if you're really interested in this stuff, you can read books on different attachment styles, anxious attachment, avoided attachment, secure attachment, blah, blah, blah. Depending on how we were raised, and it may not have anything to do with romantic messages we got, just how we were raised, what kind of development we had, um, and how much we work on specific things in our life, we attach, we might have a certain attachment style, like we might be someone who chases people. And then when they like us back, we avoid them or whatever. And so you can read about that stuff. It's all very fascinating and it's fluid. We can change attachment styles in our lifetime. The second thing is for me, I just try to keep it simple. If I'm being a super bummer of a person, then I'm probably just going to, I don't even know if I'm necessarily going to attract other bummer people, but if I feel bad and then I go into like self-soothing behaviors that aren't healthy, then that begets more of that, but it's all within my control. I'm not worried about what I'm putting out in the universe. If I'm literally putting out, like I think of things we put out, let's just say you um, meet someone online and they're kind of shitty and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to cancel last minute. And you're like, oh, all right. And they're like, you know what? I'm actually someone who likes to play it by ear. Can I just text you if I want to see you? And let's say you're not that kind of person, but you go, yeah, sure. And then that person texts you at midnight. Oh, want to come over and do it? And you're like, well, that's not what I want for myself, but I guess it's the only thing I'm going to get from this person. Well, now you're actively making choices. And I would call that, hey, you know what you're putting out right now? You're putting out the signal that that's okay with you. You know, you don't wait for the person to realize that being that way is shitty. You're the one in control of the situation. And you just told that person that that's okay with you. So why would they? So, so it's like, I think putting things out there is more like meat and potatoes, realistic bread and butter, fork and knife on the table, like real actionable things. I think we should just worry about that stuff in terms of what you're putting out there. I don't fucking know. Like, that's why I mean, like no one should worry about it. And that's what my main advice to that woman about, she was very, you know, I, I wanted to be settled in my life and I wanted to attract someone uh, and have a family and like get married and, you know, like, and I felt like my window was closing. And in her mind, in this very, like, I guess that makes sense if like we're doing a puzzle, it would seem like, oh, these are the kind of pieces that fit. If you want that kind of stability, then you stay in one place and just like wait for that stability to show up. And what I've learned in my life is that the stability I crave, or if I've craved stability at a certain point, or just feeling like a stable person who could handle a relationship and all this and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter where I live. It just is like, it's it's not so much as like actually 
getting into the result. But like if every minute that I'm alive, I'm, I'd like to try to enjoy it or not be in this like super stressed mood like I am today, you know, but in general, it's like, if I truly believe that the only let's, if I'm that woman in Toronto, if I, if I truly believe the only way I can find love and stability is to stay in Toronto, but I have this amazing job offer in Seattle, then just looking at it that way, it's like, wow, I'm really robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm really putting a negative on this amazing experience. I'm going, well, I have this amazing job offer, but I've made up entirely in my head that if I stay here, that's the only place I can meet the love of my life. And it's like, where did that come from? I mean, it might not even be true. That's what I'm saying is like, we, we say things to ourselves that aren't true. Now, if she said, I love Toronto, I never want to leave. This is where I live. I feel like I've dated everyone in Toronto, but I really just want to stay here. I'd say, great, then even though you feel like you've dated everyone in Toronto, you never know. Like someone new could move there or someone you never looked at in a certain way. Now you see them differently. You know, if if you want to stay in Toronto and that's what your heart wants, then, you know, who are you to not find love? Who, who are, who, you know, think, just be excited. Just be excited for that love to come in. If she had said that, that's what I would have said there. But if she's like, I have to move and I really want to take this job, it's like, don't assume because you're moving that you won't find a nice, stable relationship. You could even, like, I'm just saying everyone just think a little bigger and just be careful of the stories we tell ourselves. It's not quite so much law of attraction I'm talking about. It's more just like, where did you get the idea that that's the only way to find the relationship you're looking for? It's just like a thing we make up. That's all I'm saying. Now for you, um, dating advice, I don't have any, and you said you don't want any, but maybe it's simply a shift in perspective. Like, Maybe it's just thinking like, wow, I'm so excited. Like this person's coming into my life, but they're being prepared right now. Or I don't know. I mean, some there's also just getting into the acceptance of like, yeah, maybe I won't find anyone again in this lifetime. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's like just getting into the acceptance of like, what would I be doing right now if I were in a relationship? Where would I want to take a woman? Where would I want a woman to take me? And just start doing that stuff. Just live your life how you want to live it. And just, you know, dating is there in the background. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, I, you know, it's like, I don't really know. I don't really put too much thought about that stuff. And you're going to drive yourself crazy worrying about what you're putting out there, what you were. I'm just talking about don't make up stories. Like Toronto's the only place I can meet someone. And if I leave, then I'm fucked. You know, that's all I meant to that specific woman. Um, just be careful the stories you tell yourself. I once told myself I could only feel settled in LA and I had to quit a job in New York. I made it up. At the time, it seemed like to make a to- total lot of sense to me. And looking back on it, I was like, what are they talking about? You know, sometimes we don't know. We t- we try things, we make mistakes, whatever. But in terms of dating, I would say if you really want to know about things that aren't woo-woo law of attraction, but you really want to know about this really weird phenomenon that does happen that's actually psychology-based in terms of um, sometimes we find ourselves interested in people that provide something for us that we need to heal within ourselves. So you might actually be interested in people that treat you a certain way that's like not actually great. but, But then there's a lot of people that are into people that it's hard to explain, but you have to read these kind of like attachment style books. And it's like this therapist, Lori Gottlieb, she wrote this book called you need, maybe you should talk to someone. It's really good. She's a couples counselor, but she's always like, you know, sometimes people find each other and they have what the other person needs, but it it doesn't mean it in that like romantic, you had me at hello way. It means like, oh, your dad was an alcoholic. And so you're probably going to find another alcoholic until you heal like what needed to be healed about that. Or it could be like to a less degree. Um, We sometimes just, we're attracted to what feels familiar. And if you had any fucked up childhood, weird things will feel familiar to you. And so that's just kind of how it is. It's like if people have had a lot of fucked up shit, it's very hard for them to go like, I like normal people. You know, it's just, we're all different. And there is some kind of weird thing that's just very interesting to that. That's like all invisible and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of law of attraction, like I think everyone needs to stop driving themselves crazy thinking like, what am I putting out there? It's like, we often want to look at what we think we're spiritually putting out there, but we don't look at meat and potatoes, what we're actually putting out there. You know what I mean? Like 
when you meet someone you like, are you like, oh, this shit's so hard. I have never met anyone I liked before. You know, like, are you just like saying negative things? It's not, I think most people don't realize what they're literally putting out there. Um, and they're worried about like a vibe. And it's like, it's, I think it's actually more simple than a vibe. So that's what I think. I have no, I'm not into law of attraction stuff. Um, so hopefully that's at all interesting or helps. So let's do one more listener email here. Jen. I love your podcast literally since you started it. I own your books and have seen you live multiple times. Awesome every time. I was a Patreon member for a while, but stopped because videos are hard to use on my phone when all I want is audio. Is there a way to get an audio only version of your Patreon content? You are in luck because my Patreon is going audio only because a lot of people are like, I don't even watch the videos. I'm only going to do little quick videos like from my personal life, but every episode will be audio only. Um, if I could go audio only, I'd resubscribe to Patreon in a hot second and good for you for taking a break from the free version. You've entertained us for years for fuck's sake. You deserve to get paid and I'm happy to pay for your awesome content, insights, ruminations, ramblings, rumblings, and everything else. Supportively yours, Katie, where there you go, Katie, click the link in the bio and you will get no fun audio version. And yes, every video version actually does have a raw audio version that you can listen to just audio anyways, but there you go. Now you don't even need to worry about it. Jen, pandemic grooming. I had asked about people's pandemic grooming. My grooming habits during the pandemic combined with the winter season mean that my legs are hairier than a hairy man's legs because usually men never shave. So that's my litmus test. Litmus test. Seriously, they be hairy. I feel accomplished when I shave from foot to calf once or twice a month. Little victories. When leg hair grows out very far, it takes a lot of rinsing to clean out that razor. So it gets to be a long process. I should just shave once or twice per week and it might save time. That is so gross. I can't believe I'm sharing that. I wrote down the title of each of your favorite Hallmark Christmas movies that you and the guys shared on your podcast a few episodes ago when you chatted with the host of the Deck the Hallmark podcast. I love that episode. I love the one you recommended, which was more feminist than the usual fair, Eve's Christmas. The other titles mentioned were Snowed In, Two Turtle Doves, Snowbirds, and Five Star Christmas. How many snow and Christmas title themes are left to use? Congratulations on your success. I can't wait to see yours. Well, there's no success, but the, I did write a Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh, I'm a Patreon supporter, so I'll look forward to the episode where you describe your script. Love all your work. I show it by subscribing and buying all the things, and I appreciate how you donate to food banks. And now to the Anxiety Association, you're the best. Thank you for all of that, Lori McCoy. Yes, uh, a lot of my stuff, uh, always when I was teaching um, breathing classes and all that, and sending out my newsletter during the pandemic 2020. I did donate 10% of all of that to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And now, uh, yeah, my November and December earnings from my uh, merchandise, I donate 10% to the ADAA. Um, another one, people, we were talking about being too schlubby for sex. This was months ago, but I'm now getting around to reading your emails. Jen, so yeah. I've recently gotten heavy into skincare during the pandemic. I'm 43, an African-American, and I just got it in my head that I could be doing more to slow the effects of just getting older. After some research, God, I hate using that word, but for lack of a better one, I've settled on a company called Butta, B-U-T-T-A-H, vitamin C treatments, facial and body washes, moisturizers, and a toner. And I have to say, I wish I'd come into this realization sooner. My skin and looks and feels notably different. Anyway, love your podcast. Longtime fan. One of the funniest to ever do it. Can't wait to see you in Brooklyn. All the best. Terrence. Terrence, I hope you came to the show. Um, yeah, I know. Skincare is, oh, it's great. It, it does do something. Like, it just feels so fucking good. Anyway. I was talking about ableism. I don't remember exactly in what context. Oh, it was an email. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for reading that email from the fan that has EDS and addressing ableism. As a female with chronic pain that causes a ton of disabilities, I feel ableism is not talked about enough. What I really hate is when people suggest acupuncture, yoga, vitamins, and the way they make us feel the illness is our fault. See, this is the shit I hate too. This is why the law of attraction, I I can't get too deep into that stuff because we... We take it too far. I actually wrote about my chronic pain. What I dreaded most were people coming up to me to offer, oh, after my open mic performance and suggesting shit I've already tried. I ended up 
writing this prose poem that appears in my book. I felt it was the only way to keep those people from being ignorant assholes, at least in front of me. I wanted to share the poem because I think it's funny. Maybe you could even relate. I had a gynecologist for almost 20 years and recently she asked me, have you ever tried massage? I wanted to say to her, wow, I've never even considered that as an option for the 25 years I've been in pain. Thank you. I think you've changed my life. Anyway, here's the vignette, Tamara. Now, I don't know, Tamara, is this in a book you wrote? Because it's like a picture of like a real book. Anyway. Holistic bullshit. A powder that contains every cure people have suggested over 25 years. Bee venom, placentas, 5-HTP, oregano oil, acupuncture needles, cupping therapy, vitamin D, emu oil, baby foreskins, raw garlic, B vitamins, black cherry straight from the jar and skin cells of every Whole Foods employee, Buddhist yogi and Tai Chi fanatic who will command you to masticate on the spot and find God. Pour powder into unfiltered coconut water, mix thoroughly, take a sip and spit it at the next person who accosts you. There you go. All right, everybody. Those are the listener emails for now. And I am going to, I think I'm just going to go throw my phone against a wall and yell at CVS. I hope you all join me on the Patreon train. If not, I will be here. You will get 20 minutes of every episode for free every Thursday. So stay subscribed. I'm wishing you all a happy holidays, a happy new year. And may you be free of CVS hold music. Oh my God, it just hung up on me again. <laughs> Until the new year, have fun.